Well, hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Red and White Authority. I'm Art Regner. This is episode number 83, and our guest is the head coach of the Toledo Walleye, Dan Watson. No stranger to the program. He's been on a few times, and uh, let's bring Dan in. Dan, thanks for doing this. Welcome, and it's always a pleasure talking. Oh, thank you, Art, and thanks for your time. Uh, I know we've been trying to do this what seems like the last couple of months, but we're up here in Traverse City in training camp, and I thought to begin, I know we've talked about this before, but the, the rules are a little bit different and the roster sizes are a little bit different in the uh, East Coast Hockey League, which is now just called the ECHL. Why don't we explain exactly what it is? It's like 10 forwards and uh, six defensemen. So, and sometimes, I, I love the story you told me, I don't know where you were, in, in the middle of the country someplace, and one of your guys actually got called up or got a contract with the Chicago team of the AHL, Chicago Wolves, I believe, and then you were like scrambling to find a defenseman, so it's a little bit different league. Yeah, it, it certainly is. I think uh, you know, running with ten fours and six defensemen—that's what we dress every night. And two goaltenders and and uh, sixteen skaters. But on our roster, again, there's a salary cap. There's a roster size of twenty active on the roster, plus two reserve spots. So we could carry up to twenty-two players if if it fits. Uh, with that said, you know, there's always times there's injuries, there's call-ups, and and that's something we have to deal with and be ready for it at any time and like you mentioned that story came out of Utah uh, two years ago we were in Alaska for three games flew to Utah it was right before Christmas Jared Nightingale uh, got called up by the Chicago Wolves we had guys sick and we were down to four defensemen and it was just you know in in those situations uh, playing three straight games and three nights on the road it's tough to bring guys in so uh, managing a roster is a huge part of of my responsibility uh, and also Andy Delmore's and we try to find guys who come in and can fit those roles and and uh, it's hard it's hard to find those players because the Southern Pro League that's a lot of times where we have to find our next guy up and and uh, you know obviously being the south we were way out west the logistics aren't quite there but we do our best to 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 put a a lineup that can win every single night on the ice and and uh, you know we're lucky to have an organization that allows us to call these guys up for for stints because there's some some places that don't have the the resources to do that so uh, again it is a juggling act at times but it's something uh, I enjoy doing well I I, and I want to make this clear I mean you know we've talked about it but for some of the fans who might not have heard and I'm sure there's not many of them who haven't heard our, our our podcast from before but this is a the Red Wings treat the Toledo walleye as a and you just I guess another extension just recently as uh, as an affiliate I mean some guys some teams like ECHL team or guys think they've been banished but if you're playing for the walleye, you're still a hockey player. You still have a legitimate shot. Yeah, and I, you know we're we're extremely fortunate to have that uh, relationship. Uh, it comes through communication. It just comes through believing that uh, you're not just sending a guy down there to, to be pushed away and cast away. He's down there to develop. He's down there to, so you know he can fine tune his game and his skills to get back up to Grand Rapids. That's what we're there for, um, and we do that. I, I think we we've done a really good job of of the guys that Grand Rapids sends down to Toledo when they do get called back up they are ready and more than ready when they were sent down and that's you know again that's part of our job description down there but the relationship
relationship uh, between Detroit and Grand Rapids and Toledo is extremely strong. And, and I think a lot of, you know, all the coaching staff, we believe the same, the same things, how the game should be played, uh, you know, how practices should be run. Um, so everything's smooth. And one guy's called up from whatever team, Grand Rapids to Detroit, Toledo to Grand Rapids. You know, it's seamless in terms of the verbiage, what, what you're talking about and, and how it's taught. So, uh, again, very, very fortunate to be involved with this, with this organization. Now, I would imagine that if you're going to be playing in a minor league system, Toledo and Grand Rapids are two pretty good towns to play in. I mean, you're not in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, no, it's, you know what, Toledo in the last 10 years since I've been there has grown tremendously downtown. Um, I cannot speak highly enough for the fans that that support us each and every night. I think we were 102% capacity uh, throughout the year, which means we averaged over a sellout every game. you know, at the end of it. And I know Grand Rapids, I've been there for several games myself. And then the town, uh, it's a small community, but it's it's got that big city feel. And the, the way that they pack that, that place too, the environment that's at Van Andel, they, you know, for minor league hockey and minor league sports, there's a lot to do in Toledo. There's a lot to do in Grand Rapids. There's a lot around, but just even uh, the proximity to each other for call-ups up and down, and, and you know, for for us especially the American League, there's there's eight to ten teams within driving distance the morning of a game if needed. So, uh, you know, location and geography is, is is good for us. And the fan base in Toledo, let's be honest, they're crazy. I mean, they love the walleye. Yeah, they do. They certainly do. Which you know, there's a lot of pressure that goes with that as a player and a coach, and and uh, we embrace that. We love it. We know they're starving for a championship. We know they're starving for for a, a real successful season. And, and I guess, you know, for them, and that's what it is, they want to see that Kelly Cup raised in the arena. They want to see a Kelly Cup banner. And, and uh, I love that pressure as a, as a coach, and I, I think our players embrace that as well. Let's look at the roster now. I, I checked it out this morning because I knew, obviously, that we were going to talk. And you have a – the walleye themselves have ten, up ten or eleven players. I can't remember the uh, under contract right now, but you will receive some players from Grand Rapids, and then also players that are under contract to Detroit. Like I don't know if you can have what is it five or six at, the, at one p- time. So how will this roster be filled out? Yeah, I think right now, uh, you know, we're gonna have six defensemen under contract with Toledo, uh, as well as around nine forwards. I think okay. when it's all said and done, right? Uh, at that point, we that's will, fifteen players. Correct. At that point, we will get at least one defenseman to start from Grand Rapids and at least three forwards and two goaltenders. So we're going to be right at our max number for our, for our roster and our salary cap. Uh, we might have to make some moves uh, during training camp, but we'll see. There's a lot of hockey still left to be played through exhibition games and the injuries that can happen. So um, I think we're in a good spot. I like what we've done with our roster. Uh, I think there's going to be a good balance of – uh, some guys who are a little bit bigger, a little bit more physical, take up a lot of room, but also some guys who have some good speed and skill. I really like our back end. I think we're extremely deep there. Uh, and then depending on the goaltenders we get, we know we're going to get two good goaltenders down there, which you need to have You need to have that to have a successful season as well. When you look at, at this roster, as we've talked about, uh, and – we're going to get into it because you've been here. You've been at development camp. You were yeah. at the prospects tournament. So we're going to talk about some of these yeah. uh, Red Wing draft picks here in a minute. But uh, one thing that, that that I like about uh, about this is that Ryan Martin, who's assistant general manager to Detroit, general manager of the Griffins, I call him 
special consultant to the walleye, I, and and that again just shows. I mean, they're they're involved in everything, and it's very easy for you to pick up the phone, and I guess now maybe Ben Simon or whomever, and and, and kind of get a plan devised and, and where you want to go. And and I think it, and you said it. That's because if a walleye's called up to to Grand Rapids or a Griffin's called up to Detroit. We all kind of play the same system, and that's vitally important. It's it's huge, and so when we're going through this, you know, creating a team, uh, you know, we really only have four four returners, five returners from last year's team. Uh, they want depth guys. They want depth guys in Toledo, and that's what they look for when they sign those American League contracted, whether they're two ways or one ways. They want to make sure that if a player is in Toledo, they like him enough that they are comfortable calling up right away. Um, and so you know, Ryan plays a vital part in that. He's, you know, and so does Ben Simon when he was named head coach. I know, you know, he went over a list of guys as well. And I think it's important that we're all on the same page. Uh, you know, they, they have a, I'm sure they have a list of guys they think they can send down to us. And I need to know that just so I can start building around that with ECHL contracted guys. But I just think the way that it works and in the way that uh, there's depth within our team, depth within Grand Rapids, that's what makes this minor league so successful. The way Grand Rapids has had success the last few years, Toledo the last four years, we certainly won a lot of games. And I think it's built through depth, and, and we do get that help uh, from, from Ryan and Grand Rapids. Another interesting thing, and maybe you're used to it a little bit because you just told the Utah story, you're scrambling to find players. All three teams, the Red Wings, the Griffins, and the Walleye, all seem to be going through a rebuild. One thing that we've talked about the last couple of years, the Walleye, who have, are setting you know ECHL records and wins and points and best team in the league last year, you were able to keep a core group of players together. You knew eventually that would end, but it seems like all three teams, as I just said, are kind of in that rebuilding, reshaping mode. And I would imagine that since you have experience that you're kind of used to this, and yeah. I, I would, you know, you seem revitalized. You're looking forward to this year's team. For sure. I think the, the biggest thing for us at the start of the year isn't so much the X's and O's. The guys that we're bringing in, they know how to play the game. It's going to be continuing the culture, and that's going to be the biggest thing. And, and I know the Red Wings have that Red Wing way. They don't ever want to lose that culture with new young players coming in. Uh, you know, same thing with Grand Rapids. They're going to have their core guys there. They're going to continue that culture. And, and certainly in Toledo, that's going to be our job as a staff let that filter into the players and the players can continue to build off of it. We don't want to lose our identity, who we are, what we're about, uh, you know, our day-to-day -day, uh, getting better. The, you know, that's a huge part of who we are in Toledo and we can't lose that. And, and so it's going to be vital for those five, six guys who are returning to really continue to carry that uh, on through training camp and into the, into the main season. When, how important you've played for, for Toledo uh, you've been there. I know that you like it. Uh, uh, for, for your comfort level is comfortable there. Yet, I mean, you have aspirations. I, I can't believe I'm gonna. It's gonna be a sad day when you eventually move on. I would imagine because you're so ingrained in that community. Yeah, I love Toledo. Uh, it's been a place I've been there now ten years as a behind the bench plus one as a player, and and I just see the growth and and how much the growth of the actual city for number one and then just how much and how passionate our fans love the game and and you know it, it is it's it's kind of like the nhl in the in the echl is toledo it's it's unbelievable and and uh yeah my aspirations are to move up and, and move into a you know continue to rise but with that said it's got to be a great situation uh toledo 
we have all the resources for myself to always continue to get better. Andy Delmore, the same thing. We're right. provided that opportunity to get better all the time, and, and there's not many places like that. So as long as I'm getting better and, and don't get stale, I, you know, Toledo's home for me right now. Now, you're always on the ice. You're at development camp. You're at the Prospects Tournament. You're here, obviously, at training camp. Uh, you're part of the staff. You're part of this, the whole system, the Red Wing way. Uh, I want to ask you about a couple of players, but from development camp, were there some players that, that st have stood out to you where you said, you know, wow, this is – a real high-end player. Yeah, I mean, you, you just look at the high draft picks recently, and those guys stand out automatically. They are hockey players, and, and they're going to have, as long as they stay on the right path, they're going to have great NHL careers. And, and you look at Zadina, Rasmussen. Uh, I thought Giovanni Smith took another step right. forward since the last time I saw him at a development camp. Um, I think uh, Dennis Chalowski, again, he's taking another step forward. And that's what I know, you know, obviously not being a scout, but uh, listening to them talk, that's what you want to see. You want to see development. You want to see progression. You don't want to see guys take sideways lateral steps or, or regress. So I really do feel that those high-end guys really showed well throughout development camp and that prospects tournament. Zadina, uh, the only thing, and, and I'm not trying to compare them, and, but – I remember when Max Pacioretty was a freshman at Michigan and played only one year at Michigan, his shot was NHL. The first time I saw him fire the puck, I think, what's, you know, what's this guy doing at Michigan? You know, right. he should be in the end. You know, you could tell that he had it. Zadina's shot, what may, I mean, it's hard, it's accurate, and it doesn't, it doesn't take much time. Uh, God gift talent, or you know, is that something that he really probably has had to work on? Because it's extraordinary. Yeah, no, you do have to work on that. Now, obviously, I think there is certainly a skill that he has, but you know what? I'm sure he put long hours in as a kid growing up working on his shot, working on a shot in certain situations too. This isn't just skating down the wing and blasting it home. This is in tight traffic. This is around around the net, through shin pads, through sticks. He is. It's unbelievable to see in person. You know, you watch it on TV. You will watch it on TV, but to see it live, oh. it, it is another thing. It's just how does he do that? Because you don't see that happen very often. You know, the guys that can shoot a puck like that have that quick release. They're going to be successful in the NHL. Well, Zadina is the highest draft pick from the Red Wings since I think 1990. Keith Primo, third overall, or or whatever, when the Red Wings took Keith. The pressure on him, you know, because you you yep. get players of all ages, and yep. you know, you, you're a hockey player yourself. What will be the biggest transition for him? Because uh, obviously, you know, it'd be, it'd be great. Red Wing fans are clamoring to see yeah. him right now. Never yeah. play a game in the minors at all. But, you, you know, what, what, what is he going through? Maybe you can give us a little insight so Red Wing fans know, hey, he's 18, he's supremely talented, but he's also only 18. Yeah, he has the NHL skills. And he can skate, he can he can make plays. I think that's going to be the biggest thing is making plays a little bit quicker. You know, I'm sure he had much more time in junior with the puck and, and ability to make plays at a slower rate. He's going to have to be able to make plays quick because there is not a lot of room out there on the ice once you get to the NHL. And, and you know, teams are smothering and, and they're, they're right on you all the time. So he has to have that. And then I know another big thing for him, he's going to have to take care of the puck. 
Uh, they're going to probably allow them a little bit more freedom to do things and be creative. You don't ever want to take the creativity out of a hockey player. Uh, but at the same time, he's going to have to take care of that puck and, and manage it uh, in certain areas of the ice, certainly through the neutral zone and then you know high into the offensive zone. You don't want to have those types of turnovers. But um, just the creativity level he has, it is going to be fun to watch his progression and development to, you know through these next coming years. I was flabbergasted if it's when he dropped to six I think he was also flabbergasted but sometimes you need a little luck uh and, and I'm not trying to put words in your mouth Dan yeah. obviously yeah. but wow him going to six has worked out pretty well for the Red Wings you know it has and I think uh you know talking to some people here I think there was a different plan heading into the draft and right. I think it was public and and so now all of a sudden you have a, a super talent like Zadina. It's, I think it was a no-brainer that you have to take a guy like that. You can't pass up a player like Zadina at that at that number. And now if I'm sitting there as Zadina, I know he's made it public as well. He's got a point to prove. Uh, he probably thought he could have gone anywhere from 2, 3, 4, 5, and, and, and now he wants to show those teams plus the rest of the, the, rest of the teams that, you know, they, Detroit made a great pick. And I think he's going to turn some heads, and, and that's probably a motivation for himself as well. Right, he has a high hockey, hockey IQ. His dad played a number of years, 20 years or something in the Czech League as a coach. So, you know, he's been weaned to be a hockey player, I oh, guess. I'm sure he's grown up around the rinks. And I'm <laughs> sure there's more than, more than enough ice time for him as a kid uh, growing up and, and developing these skills. But he loves the game. You can see that. He has fun when he's out there, and that's what you want to see. You want to see guys who are out there enjoying themselves, working on their skills, but also love the game and he shows that passion. Another player, uh, last year's 2017's number one draft pick, uh, Michael Rasmussen. I've referred to him as the most serious 19-year-old on earth. Uh, he's really focused. Yeah. He, I think he's bigger than 6'6". Maybe he's not. Still kind of slight. He's going to grow into his body, but he's 220. Uh, his hand-eye coordination, his reach alone, his wingspan, if you will, Yep. Uh, I know he's penciled in to make the Red Wings this year. I've told him, because I, I, I do really like him. I know yep. fans can attest to that, that he's, I, I have him in magic marker. With the way this team is, with the way the power play has been, I mean, he could really help, even though he's only 19. Yeah, he's a big body. As long as he's using his body the right way, he can certainly be effective. And whether that's a net front guy in a power play, he also has a great shot. It is quick, it is hard, it's heavy, uh, it gets to the net. And, and the biggest thing for Michael is probably figuring out where he fits, what his role would be, um, and, and then and going from there. And like you mentioned, his wingspan, he's so long. Once he understands how to use his body, how to use his reach, and then also, you know, use his power, use his big frame to take pucks, take himself to the net, you know, create space for other players. Again, he's going to be an effective player uh, down the road here for the Wings. You know, certainly when, when players are that high-end, highly skilled, uh, high draft picks, some of them are think they have all the answers already, and, you know, hey, yeah. that happens with youth. And some are coachable. It seems that Zadina and Rasmussen are extremely coachable players. Yeah, they're good human beings, and, and that's what it takes. They're good people. Uh, again, it's players who care about their careers. It's, it's trusting the coaching staff are going to put them in the right positions to have success. It's trusting the development staff that they're going to help them get better as a player every single time they get on the ice. Um, 
these types of players will have success for long periods of times. And these two kids we've been talking about now, uh, it's hello, it's goodbye, it's, it's there's a lot of respect uh, from these two kids. And, and that's, that's the biggest thing. If you're a good person, you care about your career, you're going to do whatever it takes to be the best player. And I feel these two guys are, will be on their way here. Uh, another player that the Red Wings took at 30 who has been impressive, he's got a little banged up shoulder right now, so he hasn't been participating in drills. Well, he took himself off the ice, yep. but today we're doing this on Saturday uh, up here at training camp on, I guess it's the 15th of September today. Um, Joe Valeno, whom, you know, the exceptional status, played as a 15-year-old. I think once he got drafted, even though he was ready to go like in the top 15 by most boards, yep. drops to 30. He seems to be at ease and at peace because he's been drafted by yep. a team. He's looked really smooth. I mean, he seems to be a guy, and, you know, I'm prone to over-exaggeration, Dan, as you know, but <laughs> like, like the, uh, uh, maybe the steal of the draft. I mean, he's been pretty impressive. Yeah, his ability to skate and right. skate with a puck is, is pretty impressive here. Uh, he's got the takeaway speed that I, you're going to have to have, especially there he plays a center role which is key. Uh, he's got a good head on his shoulders and, and another player who takes care of himself off the ice as well. He's in good shape and, and uh, he came into camp here, again, probably high expectations as a, as a first round draft choice. Um, maybe overshadowed by Zadina a little bit, but he showed well in that prospects tournament and development camp as well. But his ability to skate and move and accelerate is, is what certainly caught my eye early on. When you're playing as a 15-year-old, you get exceptional status. The first uh, player in the Quebec Major Junior yep. League, and I think the fourth or fifth overall, like the likes of O'Connor McDavid's yep. played in 15. You're supposed to be 16 when you start in the uh, Canadian Hockey League, the Junior Leagues. Uh, the enormous amounts of pressure on him at 15, but he seems to have handled it. He wasn't... He didn't have, like, Zadina had a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, yep. and you could tell that on draft day. He, and he was drafted in the same round, so we got right. to talk to him on that Friday in Dallas as well. Not relieved, he just kind of rolled with the punches, and maybe that's because the spotlight's been on him since he's been 15. Yeah, and it's probably mature, too. I think probably when you're 15, you get that exceptional status. Um, you get that pressure, you handle it the right way and if you do it the right way you will become a first round draft choice like he was and so just a maturity I'm sure you know obviously whether it's his advisors his agents have been talking to him and hopefully uh, I'm sure that the reporters and the press have been in his face since, since he's been 15 so he knows how to handle those situations uh, I, I'm sure you know being a first round draft choice that's exciting for a kid like that and just to be just to be chosen on that day is extremely excited now you add in original six you add in a team that's got a little bit of a youth movement going i'm sure there's a lot of excitement for joe valino right right if he continues to progress i would expect he'll go back to drummondville i believe and probably have a big year uh and next year at this time we could be talking to, about him having a legitimate shot at being on the red wing roster yeah i mean that's probably where it's headed and as long as he has a good good year and another good summer under his belt i'm sure he's going to grow and fill into his body as well um you know who knows what can what can happen a year from now in, term, in terms of his career. You know, I, I want to go back to some of the guys that we're in, and, and I, the guys that you mentioned, but like a Gustav Lindstrom or some of the college guys because they cannot participate in yep. the prospects tournament or training camp, but they can development camp. Is there a couple of guys that, that maybe you thought I – mean, I'll give you an example. Jack Adams, 
who was a sixth-round pick at Union College, a big kid, you know, yeah. uh, you know, from the New England area, from Boston. His first development camp, he got a couple of assists, and then I think in the in the red and white game or the scrimmage, Howe versus Lindsay. This time around at, at Little Caesars Arena at the Belfort Training Center, he ends up getting two goals, I think, and another assist. And Chris Draper says, you know, here's a kid that's put himself in the conversation, in the mix, regardless of what draft pick is, you know, what number yep. he is. He really has. Are there a couple of other guys, maybe such like that, that you that you look at and think like, well, Berggren. I mean, although yes. he's a high pick, but we don't see him much because he's going to play in Sweden. But Red Wings were really high on him. Yeah, you mentioned those two guys, and I was fortunate enough to coach them in that little scrimmage we had there at the end. And, I, and Jack is. I'm a sorry character. about bringing that scrimmage That's up. That's okay. <laughs> Nightmare still. This day. But Jack is a character, and he he wanted to be on the ice in certain situations, and and uh, you know he's making guys laugh on the bench and and I just see some guys develop at different rates right. too you know some guys develop real fast and and uh, they grow real quick other guys are a little bit slower slower rate maybe that's Jack but maybe you know just the the more exposure he gets to these development camps the more exposure he gets to playing with players you know of high caliber will just increase his development level and and, and pace so uh, I like seeing him at camp I liked having him he's a great guy to talk to and then you know, uh, from there, he was very good with the puck. Right. And he was hard to knock off the, off the puck as well when he was skating and moving. He's got that low center of gravity and the ability to make plays in tight areas. You know, the practices uh, at development camp were just a lot of getting guys back on the ice. You know, they probably had one, two months off from junior college. Whenever they finished, all of a sudden you're thrown back onto the right. ice. And, and uh, you could see in the practice, some of the guys are just getting used to it. But once that game started... Uh, the players who are high picked, the players who you could just see the little skill plays that they make and why they're going to be successful or they've had success already to get noticed. So uh, you mentioned him, and, and he's a kid that I thought excelled in the scrimmage uh, and stood out above other players. Well, uh, let's, we're jumping all over. Let's go to yep. Dennis Chalowski. Uh, I, I thought, and, and I've been public about this, I, I, I like him. I think he's going to be a player in the league. I thought maybe a year in uh, in the AHL, a year in Grand Rapids to you know just get used to the uh, uh, the, the, the the time and space and the physicalness yep. of the game. Yet he has been nothing. He was a workhorse in this prospects tournament, yes. and he. I think the thing, and I think the thing that Red Wings like about him too is that he listens. He's coachable. Yep. Whatever you tell him to do, he's going to do. I think he's kind of probably elevated his his timeline to Detroit. Uh, and I know you mentioned him. What do you like about uh, about Dennis and his game? He's just very poised. He sees the ice extremely extremely well. He, he reads the reads the play extremely well. And those are as a defenseman, those are things you want. You want a guy that doesn't get rattled. Whether there's pressure, no pressure, it seems like he makes the right plays. And and uh, his skating ability, his ability to make good breakout passes and, and see through the four checks to make those breakout passes makes him an elite for his age level and, and the group that he's with. So um, I, I like that about him. I, I think there's also a maturity with him too. He, he just, he's another guy that just kind of rolls with the punches and, and doesn't get uh, doesn't get rattled. So uh, I like what he's about. I like his growth and his development. I've seen the last couple of years uh, and and who knows? Who knows what can happen? I think this training camp will be big for him. But wherever he ends up, uh, he's going to be a heck of a player. Uh, Giovanni Smith, 
more likely maybe to start off in Grand Rapids, but you know injury always happens, and we don't wish th yep. that it did in sports. Right. But he, he could be the first call up. I mean, he is just a, not only a physical specimen. He, he plays a physical game, number one, but he also has offensive upside. Yeah, we saw that in the final game, right. uh, you know, scoring two goals in that game, one right at the net front, uh, you know, just a nice dirty goal, get, collecting a rebound and then shoveling it in, and, and then another one, a quick wrister from the slot. And I, I, Giovanni, to me, and seeing him now for the last few years uh, at the development camp and at the prospects tournament, um, he is the most confident when he's playing physical, all the time you know if he can start out and, and get that first hit one of his first shifts it seems like that gets him into the game and now he, he just exudes that confidence and and even the fight he had you could see he was he was a real confident player after that uh, so he brings that element to the table but he's a big kid he skates he's in phenomenal shape off the ice so uh, he's a guy that wherever he ends up and and like you mentioned potentially Grand Rapids I think he'd be a big part of that team moving forward when uh, defense is something that the Red Wings obviously are are in a rebuilding mode they'll tell you that uh, Philip Aronic had a really good year in the AHL mm -hmm. last year uh, He's looked good. It's looked like he's, you know, put on some weight. He, I think he took some English lessons, so he's more comfortable with the language, which is yep. important, you yep. know, because he, it is. because you can tell he's a, at times he's a little intimidated because he doesn't, he wants to talk to you, but he's not really sure right. what you're asking him and how he should answer it, and that's always a difficult situation. But uh, again, one of these guys that's penciled in because he can quarterback a power play, and obviously the Red Wings need help in that area. Yeah, he's a guy high, highly skilled offense. Offensively, uh, he can skate. He can he can be a human breakout machine when he's moving his feet. Uh, he sees the ice well. He can make the plays, and he has a I think probably an underrated shot. He doesn't shoot it hard, but he gets it through and he gets it to the right spots. And I think you know when you're quarterbacking a power play, and then just you know for me personally, it's can you make the right reads and then make that right play. There's a lot of options off breakouts. There's a lot of options once you get in zone. Can you make the right one at the right time? And I think Phillip does that, and he certainly did that last year for Grand Rapids. And, and the steps he took from day one of training camp last year to the end of the season, I think his growth was, was huge and actually put him into the conversation of becoming a Red Wing. Um, and, and so it's nice to see, and it will be good to see how he does throughout the exhibition season and, and uh, you know, see where they have him penciled in. Right, and he, he has a, he's a little bit abrasive. He plays with a little bit of an edge, which you like to see. Again, not a big man, but doesn't back down. No, you want a guy who competes, and I think that's part of part of Detroit's uh, message here this training camp is they want to see guys compete for the entire game every single shift you're out there that's the way they're going to be successful and and he certainly does that night in night out one of the uh, everybody's I think we all are rooting for him because he's just such a great kid and a great per I should say young man uh, a great family uh, doubted at every level I mean if he would have listened to his detractors he wouldn't even be a hockey player right now he Faces every challenge head on, and that, of course, I think everyone knows what I'm talking about is Joe Hicketts, who also has a very good shot at making this Red Wing team. Yeah, uh, with Joe, again, he's another competitor, and he plays physical for his size. He's not scared to back down, and he's another he's another defenseman that makes great reads. Uh, all the open ice hits uh, he he does, like you have to be able to read the play and have great timing to, to create those. Uh, positions for yourself and those hits for yourself and then again he's a guy that makes plays he can shoot the puck so he has all the intangibles of an NHL player now it's just does he 
can he put himself ahead of someone else that's already penciled in? Can he rise to the occasion throw this exhibition season? But you want to talk about another character, another positive guy who brings that energy to the rink every single day, another guy who loves the game and loves what he does. You know, he just exudes that, and people feed off that too. Because he's five foot eight and one hundred and eighty pounds, Jeff Blaschel last year said, "Listen, it's not fair." But Joe has to do everything exceptionally well. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, sometimes you give the benefit of the doubt to a larger player because they're larger. Yep. And you, know, you, you allow them a little bit more time. Uh, Joe agrees with that. But another thing, though, that Blaschel said is that they do like his competitive nature, his fearlessness. He's such a effervescent personality yep. that even in that five-game call-up last year, the Red Wing veterans were gravitating to him. That's a pretty special talent to have where you have hardened NHL veterans kind of rooting for you and liking you almost immediately. Well, yeah, and that's where, again, that's what makes Joe so special. Not just his on-ice play, but the way he is off the ice. He's got that in, you know, that infectious attitude and, like I said, just that energy that he shows up with right. to rank every single day, whether it's uh, in the weight room whether it's at lunch, you hear him, you hear him laughing, you hear him joking around, and and uh, but he still has that serious side of him when he hits the ice. And, and again, guys do gravitate to, to, to people like that. They want to be involved in that positive energy type of a guy. One of the things that you have to deal with are players that are uh, high-end talent or at least originally thought of, and then maybe maturity. We, we, we've talked yep. about at length about Zach Nastasiak, yep. who's no longer the organization. Real high draft yep. pick for the Red Wings. Red Wings traded for Dylan Sadaway. Third, they gave him a third round pick for the San Jose. He signed him to a three-year deal. He's in the last year of his deal. Uh, you know, I'm sure he's going to put a lot of pressure on himself. He is showing flashes. Yep. How difficult, because he goes between Grand Rapids and and Toledo, although I think he would probably like to be in Grand Rapids this year. You know him well. It, do you try to, when you see a player and you kind of understand what he's going through, do you offer advice on your own as a coach, or do you, if he asks me for something, I will tell him? I mean, because it's, it's probably a fine line you have to walk sometimes. No, I think, you know what, I was probably put in that same situation the fourth year of my career, and, and uh, I offer advice whenever I think it's needed or, or given. But I think in, in those situations with Zach and Dylan both, when they get to Toledo, they know they're going to play big minutes, but it's also putting them in positions to have success. Because a lot of times they come down, sometimes their confidence is shot, sometimes you know they feel maybe they're better than another player that's already up there. There's always those circumstances, but you want to put them in positions where they feel like they can help the team they're on right now. They feel like they're a big part of something special that's going on in Toledo. And if they do that, they're going to have success, and that success is going to help them get back to that next level. Now when they get up to Grand Rapids, I thought Zach did a really good job last year of coming in and, and playing well, good enough to be in the lineup for the playoffs. And that's a testament to him and, and how he works at his game before and after practice, during practice, uh, away from the ice. He makes all the right and smart decisions. So, um, you know, we're looking for that maturity in Dylan, and when whether he makes Grand Rapids, whatever his plan is this year will be determined through training camp. You know, hopefully this summer he had a great summer and and, and uh, hopefully he took that next step for his career coming into this season. One thing that I think that you're always going to be there for, for Zach Nastasiak or Dylan, yep. regardless if they're in the organization or not, uh, and, and that's something that I think, again, that maybe fans and media people don't 
understand is you've built relationships up with these players. You know what they've gone through. So Zach Nastasiak needs to talk to Dan Watson. You're there. Oh, 100%. And we had conversations this summer just about what he's going to do, where he could end up, you know, would he come back to Toledo? Um, did he want to get out of the eyes of Detroit? Did he want to go somewhere else? And when he made his decision, uh, he called and told me personally, here's my decision, and, and uh, I backed him 100%. And, and the biggest thing, especially at us at our level, we do have to build relationships. We do have to gain the trust and get the trust of our players, and, and we want them to know that we're there for them and we want them to have success. Uh, and they understand that, they get that, and, and so it's just that mutual respect that we have with our players I think goes a long, long way down the line. I, I know we're jumping around. There's probably some more players maybe fans want to hear about, but I want to talk about the goaltending situation. It's important in the Red Wing organization, although through the draft and some of the uh, players they've drafted the last couple of seasons, it looks like it's getting better. Obviously, Jimmy's in the last year of his deal, Jimmy Howard. Bernier was signed for three years. Uh, uh, Patrick Rebar looks looks pretty good. Yep. I guess he wants to be called Harry Sateri because it rhymes, but he, you know, he actually looks pretty good. Your situation, it appears Pat Nagel, veteran, uh, great goaltender in his own right, yep. and Caden Fulcher, who was with the Hamilton Bulldogs last year, earned a contract last year here in yep. Detroit. He was a, he was an, a free agent invitee. Uh, I would imagine that those seem to be the first the, the goalies that are going to be down there, which I guess is a good mix. you got a well-established veteran in Pat Nagel, and then Caden Fulcher, who probably needs some seasoning, and the ECHL is yep. probably the best league for him. Yeah, I think so. And if that's the case, if those are the two goaltenders down, I think, number one, Pat Nagel's a true professional. Uh, right. Being around him all year last year, he's going to be really, really good for us, but he's also going to be great for Fulcher. And, uh, you know, like you mentioned, he will need seizing the ECHL. There's going to be a lot of times where he's going to have to win games down there on his own. Pat did it last year. Uh, we had Jeff Lurg in the past who's done it last year. Right. Cal Heater, you name it. It just, that's the, that's the nature down there. And there's going to be some real tough saves he's going to have to make. I, what I think it does, it, it prepares them because the chances against there's breakdowns, more breakdowns in the ECHL than the American League. And I think, you know, it brings out the athleticism and goaltenders at the ECHL level. And and uh, I like the combination. If those are the two we get, I love that combination. I think you've got a veteran guy who's going to show the poise, who calms the situation down. You're going to have Caden who's going to go through some growing pains. Uh, and, and he's going to have another guy to lean on who's been through it himself in Pat. So uh, I'd be excited if those are the two down. But either way you look at it, I think we're going to have a great goaltending duo. When I, I look at Fulcher, you know, they list him at 6'2 or 6'3. Oh, I think he's like 6'5. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he seems bigger, affable, and he's a, he's a rookie. It's his first year pro. The most important position on the ice, I mean, is goaltender. You know, some head coaches like to talk to their goalies, some like to let him alone. Where do you stand? Will you take Fulcher aside and say, listen, this is the way I operate. I just want you to know because. You know, goalies are supposedly a little nuts. So uh, <laughs> how, how, how do you handle, especially with a rookie goaltender, which I know you've done before. Yeah, yeah. well, the first thing is uh, finding out their routine, what they like to do. Do they like a lot of work before practice, after practice, and then especially their game days? 
what do they like to get ready for a game? I will find that out. I will ask them. Uh, the one thing that, that uh, Detroit does a great job of with Brian Mahoney-Wilson, right. the development coach, he's very hands-on. And whether that's through video, constant communication, daily communication with both goaltenders, he's going to have a pulse and handle on what they need and, and what their expectations are. And when then we communicate that as well. But for me, I let goaltenders go. They know what they need and, and, and what it takes for them to be ready and be at their best. I just want to make sure that plans in place for pregame skates for practices day before a game that if I know the starting goaltender they get what they need so they can have success and that's what we're all about I could talk about a couple more players but I don't <laughs> want to keep you Dan uh, is there somebody that we've neglected to talk about that you would like to mention and just say hey here's a guy that you know may, might not be uh, NHL ready now but give him a break give him a chance yeah, I, I, you know, if I if I look at some of the some of the people down the list, and, and if you look at who's here, um, you know, this Christopher N actually is caught in my eye right. in terms he, of how smart he is and and how responsible he is on the ice, and and I don't know about his offensive upside. But just the way he carries himself around the ice, I'm, I've been impressed the way he's played and how consistent he's been. 200-foot uh, player, I guess, is the best way to describe him. And and hopefully that you know by putting him with maybe some scoring wingers, um, you know he's he's going to be a good two-way guy for for Grand Rapids. Hopefully here. Another player I wanted to talk about. He got hurt. He got his shoulder, a sprained shoulder. He's going to be out for three to four weeks. Going to go back to junior. Uh, and, and that is Jared McIsaac, who yep. uh, I believe played with Philip Zadina. Yep. He looked pretty impressive. He's one of these defensemen, at least from what I saw in the uh, Prospects Tournament games. His slap shot from the point has a way of getting to the net, and that's a talent in itself. It is. It, the ability to get pucks through that first layer, because the, you know the, there's so many teams now, it's about blocking shot, it's about getting people to the front of the net, and, and the ability to get pucks to the net and through that traffic you certainly said it. It is an art. It is a skill. And then just the way he plays as well. He's got that recklessness to him, uh, but it's controlled. It's not out of control. Uh, I, I see that in the defensive zone too, where he's not afraid uh, to take the body and to be physical at the right times, but he also is a real good stick, and, and he defends with a purpose. And then, you know, I, I liked watching him play throughout the tournament. Sort of, I didn't know who he was or what he was about, but you know, he, he certainly did open up, open up my eyes. But let's uh, let's wrap it up. And I, I, you know, this year, last year, you had the best record in the ECHL, over a hundred points. Expectations. You have created a culture of winning there. Expectations yep. are high, not only f uh, in the organization, but also from your fan base. Little, you're going through a little bit, as we said earlier, a transition. What can we expect for the Toledo Walleye this year? Well, I just think a very detailed hockey team who comes to compete every night. If we do that, I think the wins will take care of itself. But, again, our culture uh, is extremely strong. Our goal at the start of the year is to continue that culture, make playoffs, and make noise in the playoffs. And in order to do that, you've got to have a consistent consistent work ethic, consistent uh, day-in and day-out approach, and that's what we'll be. That's what we're about. Dan, I could go on forever, and I won't. I know we both could, but we'll save it for a later podcast. I'm looking forward to getting down to Toledo and, and checking out the facilities and, uh, and the team. I always appreciate uh, you taking time out to talk to me. Best of luck uh, to the Toledo Walleye. And as I told you, I, I've got you ticketed to be an NHL coach very, very soon. So. Well, I appreciate that. We'll just keep going on this path here. <laughs> All right. Dan, thanks very much. Thank you.